Tonight, worse than 9-11, Pearl Harbor, the War of 1812, and Hurricane Katrina combined. CNN presents a detailed account of the most terrible thing that ever happened on U.S. soil. January 6th, the day America was nearly murdered to death. A 12-part series narrated by a survivor, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Fact-checked by CNN's own Brian Stelter, winner of the Don Lemon Journalism Award. An amazing and not hyperbolic documentary, says CNN's Chris Cuomo, staring vacantly at the camera. Tonight on CNN. But first, two grown men and their highbrow fart jokes. Questionable material with Jack and Brian. You are listening to Questionable Material with Jack and Brian, a mostly improvised podcast produced in New York by Jack Helmuth and Brian Sack. QMPodcast.com. Doggy daycare. Um, hi, I was wondering if um, you guys accept cats? We uh, do not accept cats. We tried that. And oh. it did not go well. Uh, I don't want to say there was a lot of litigation, but there was a lot of litigation. And, um, well, you know, we should never have taken a cat. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it sounds like a very serious event. What, what happened? Well, it is a doggy daycare and dogs and cats have, have very historically not gotten along. And uh, huh. so we introduced, uh, we introduced Snowflake to uh the doggy daycare and we thought you know maybe maybe uh it could change things maybe there'd be kind of a, a detente as, yeah. as it were some kind of uh a truce sure and uh, and we we were hopeful and we, we were still hopeful as rufus was pulling off one of her legs and uh and uh, rover uh was like gutting her i mean literally gutting her and uh sebastian which is a lovely name for a dog what was pretty much tearing off half of her scalp. It was just really terrible. And Snowflake, of course, didn't like it one bit. Yeah, I would imagine not. Yep. And I that's, imagine not. That's why we don't take cats. And, and those were all dogs that uh, you mentioned, Sebastian and Rover and, and all those others? Those were all dogs? Well, I mean, Sebastian and Rufus were, yes. Okay. Rover was one of the assistants at the facility, and he's no longer there, I'll tell you that. That's that can't be. That's yeah. That doesn't that doesn't sound good at all. And that's a lesson learned: is never hire a gentleman named Rover. Yeah, <laughs> because they are not a gentleman. And so you, you replaced him. Oh, we absolutely replaced him. He was he was terminated on the spot and nice. sent packing. We didn't even let him gather his belongings. And, and then uh, we put out a job call, and and we found somebody who has been with us ever since, and he's phenomenal. Oh, that's great. And what's his name? Fido. And just, I just want to clear this up real quick. And that's, uh, Fido was a human being? Of course. Okay. Really strange. Parents were going to name him David. And then they said, you know what? We're going to try something different. Okay. I'm not going to tell someone how to parent. That's one of my rules. Um, okay. Well, gosh. Uh, so it sounded like the cat thing went, went really terribly. So what was the lawsuit like? What, what, what was the you know, what was the, the trial of uh, their, your peers like? Well, a snowflakes uh, owner was named Mr. Williams. So of course the court case was versus me. So it was Williams uh, versus Sparky. 
Oh, so you, I didn't. Your name is Sparky. Yes. Okay. Um, and how? So, Sparky, how did the um, how did the case go? Well, it was actually kind of funny because uh, during the cross examination, the lawyer kept breaking out when he said Mr. Sparky. <laughs> he just couldn't keep a straight face, and so it really changed the demeanor of the trial. And in the end, we I, all really got along. Oh, really? Yeah. How 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 were you all able to come together in court? Well, I mean, it cost us, or I should say it cost our insurance company uh, a, quite a pretty penny and our mm -hmm. premiums have shot up. Mr. Williams realized it was a, a foolish idea to send Snowflake to doggy daycare. And we realized we made a mistake in accepting Snowflake. Absolutely. Okay. Well, okay. Well, that sounds, that sounds like a, an amenable sentiment. What a settlement rather. So how, how have things gone after the incident, you know, at your facility? Because, you know, I was calling to see if I could potentially uh, have my cat with you guys. I'm leaning towards no, A, because you don't accept cats, but B, because of this incident. But, but how have things been since? Well, um, we've had some therapy. Of course, Rufus uh, and the other one are very, um, you know, tormented over what they did to Snowflake. Mm -hmm. um, and then Mr. Bojangles, who witnessed the whole thing, uh, has suffered some kind of PTSD, we think. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's terrible. Who's, who's Mr. Bojangles? Uh, that's my wife. <laughs> hey, Brian. Hi, Jack. Hi. You know, I wanted to talk to you about, tis the season, right? We, we're finally into June, and uh, this time of the year is the time when um, high schools and colleges send off their seniors to, uh, to graduation. That's right. It's graduation and season, Jack. It really is. And, and you're a bit of a graduation expert, right? How many times did you graduate high school? I graduated high school three times, Jack. Oh, that's awesome. What, what were the circumstances of you graduating three times? Because most of us just do it the one time. Well, uh, my first, uh, my junior year, I was uh, voted most likely to graduate more than once in the yearbook. And so I kind of took that to task and decided mm. that I don't want to let my classmates down. And so I... Continued to graduate as much as possible. <laughs> so it, it's, it's, you say you're going to go to the moon in the beginning of the 60s and you make sure it happens by the end of the 60s. That's right. So anyway, you know, you being such an expert on graduation, I thought it now might be the time to sort of walk people through with uh, a lot of your graduation expertise, um, you know, both graduates and parents alike, and maybe sort of walk people and give them some advice on how to uh, navigate graduation. Are you cool with that? I would love to help people navigate graduation. That, well, that, that's awesome. Thank you so much. So, you know, first of all, you know, let's take it from the parents' point of view, because that's where you and I are now, are parents, and you're going to have a, a kid graduate from high school soon. The graduation gift is something that I know a lot of parents um, worry about, like what's the uh, what's an appropriate graduation gift? I know um, it was really important to my dad. He got me this very special watch um, that he still talks about to this day. He's like, oh, do you still have that watch? Do you wind it all the time? It's really important to him. What, what do you recommend for parents in terms of like, what's a good graduation gift for a kid these days? Well, I mean, we all assume after graduation, the kid is going out into the world. Mm -hmm. And and you want to give them some kind of assistance, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In some of in some way, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, but the reality is, they're moving into your basement. Yeah. So you get them an inflatable mattress, Jack. Right at graduation, just knowing 
that when they hit 23, 24, it's going to be right back downstairs. Yes. They'll see you come walking up and you're behind you. You're pulling this inflatable mattress and, a, and an extension cord so you can show them how it works. And you, you activate it and it inflates itself. So there's no effort on their part. They're not, it's not like going to be spending you know, hours blowing this thing up. The, the machine does it itself. Sure. And as long as they're delicate on it, they don't use any sharp things. They don't try to have any friends over their mattress. Uh, that mattress will give them some longevity and comfort as they spend their early 20s in your basement. How, I mean, okay, it, it, that might be a little bit difficult if, if they were to have, say, a, a, a lover over. Well, that's, this is how you prevent that, Jack. Uh, okay. You buy them uh, comic books <laughs> and a cartoon table so they can make their own. <laughs> make their own comic books. They can make their own comic books. Mm-hmm. And this kind of guarantees that, that there will be no one sleeping over, male or female. Really good point. It really, I mean, the, the, the sight of a, a stacks of comic books, a, an inflatable mattress, a cartooning table, uh, really stops people at the threshold. Right. And they, they will do a 180. And You've seen that happen? I have. Like a woman will straight up leave the, come, come in with the intention of laying with you and then turn around and leave. I saw that for years, Jack. I, Man. you know, I, a very good uh, example. I met, I met a, a lady. She seemed fairly attractive in the, in the very, in the red light of the, the nightclub. Sure. And, uh, and I invited her over my house and she said, I, I would love to come over. And I, she came over my house and of course it wasn't my house. It was my parents' house, but. Yep. I went inside, they were in bed already. And she said, oh, you have a, a nice house. And I said, thank you very much. And then uh, I opened up the basement door and we, we walked down into the basement. And she said, oh, what's down here, a game room? And I said, no, it's my room. And then I flicked on the lights and there she saw uh, my cartooning table and stacks of cartoons and my collection of uh, Star Wars figurines. Yeah, awesome. and And I showed her, I, I, I grabbed this magazine that I created. It's called uh, Brian World, and it's the story of a superhero named me, uh, who and the women all love him. Mm-hmm. And I showed her this. Cool. And and then uh, did her did she take off her panties right there? No, no, she left right there. Oh, but the good thing is she did not take my one issue of Brian World. <laughs> That that is really fortunate. Yeah, she left it so I can show it to the next person. Um, okay. Uh, uh, how do you handle graduation parties? Um, you know, it, it's standard fare that uh, you know a, a lot of parents um, throw graduation parties for their kids and all their friends. I yeah. um, I was invited to a number of graduation parties. What um, what's your advice for throwing a good graduation party for for uh, uh, you know seventeen eighteen year olds? Well, um, it's not based on personal experience, Jack. Uh, okay. I, didn't, I did not go to any graduation parties. I had, didn't even know that was a thing until just now that you've mentioned it. And oh I'm looking back at my past and I'm realizing that's what they were talking about when they said the, the GP is tonight. And then they would look at me and be like, like the GP is tonight. And then they kind of look at me and look at me and they'd all look at me and I'd be like, what is a GP? What is a GP? And they just wouldn't tell me. Now, right. in retrospect, I understand they were having a graduation party yes. and they didn't want me to know about it, probably because I would have gotten so excited. <laughs> so excited to the point that it would have spur- spurned you into action to attend one. 
yeah, I would have loved to have gone to one. And they probably yeah. wanted to spare me that kind of overexcitement that mm -hmm. one gets when they, when they're invited to a party. Yeah. So in retrospect, I, I guess I missed out on a lot of the GPs. I, I think so. I, I, there, I must've attended a dozen. Huh? Well, I am my 35th reunions coming up. So I guess I could just talk to some of these kids and, and find out uh, if there's another GP happening. Yeah, for sure. I think you should, you should <laughs> ask that and come, come back and tell us uh, how that goes. I will. Okay, great. So now that you uh, know about them, what would you recommend uh, as a first timer <laughs> who graduated three times and was never invited to a single graduation party? What would you recommend people do for their parties? Well, obviously parties, you want to have fun. Yep. You know, a party without fun is like a Nazi without a swastika. That's a bad example. It's a, a party without fun, Jack, is like beer without alcohol. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Better. Better. It's like a fire truck without a siren, Jack. Okay. You got it. When I say better, it, it just, that means good enough and it, just go on. It's <laughs> like an airplane without an aileron. Boy. It's, that's getting too, that's getting, you're now you're above the heads of the audience. Just stop. So now you want to spice things up. You want fun. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, every, everybody knows what fun is. Yeah, presumably. So where do you go for fun? Well, clearly you need escorts. <laughs> escorts okay. equal fun in anybody's yeah. book. Yeah. So you go to the escort place. Okay. You say, can I have six or seven of these escorts? We're mm -hmm. having a party. We're having yeah. a GP. <laughs> can they come? Uh -huh. And then the, the man in charge of the escort says, well, that's up to you. And then he does a wink. <laughs> Gross. God. <laughs> I didn't need to know that. Okay. All right. So you, you hire a bunch of escorts to just as, as happy-go-lucky party goers. They happy-go-lucky party goers just to spice things up. What do you need to have fun, Jack? Well, let's think about it. You need a dream catcher. What's a dream catcher? It's a stick with some yarn on it that catches dreams, Jack. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you need a dream catcher. Okay. You need um, a water fountain. <laughs> what? Why do you need a water fountain? Can you just serve kids uh, cups of water or punch or even bottles of water? No, because this is about the future. And if you have cups, that's plastic and that'll be around too long. You want everyone okay. to just sip from a water fountain. Okay. All right. So you rent escorts, you rent a water fountain and you create a dream catcher. This, this is good advice. Anything else? Trampoline. A trampoline. Interesting. Okay. Why would you want a trampoline? Well, you need something to protect you from the sun. <laughs> so you're using it as, as, as a tarp and not something to jump on. Exactly. Now you don't want to jump on it. You fall off and get hurt. So you go underneath and it kind of diffuses sunlight. Because, of course, the best time to have a party is 12 noon. Why? It's the lunch hour. I, I guess so. so. So you would say to have food at, at the graduation, right? You can certainly have food. Just make sure it's under the trampoline. Make sure the escorts don't sit on it. And don't eat it with a dream catcher. Man. I, I, 
I hope people brought a pen and multiple pieces of paper to this session of questionable material. This is a lot of good stuff. It is good, Jack. You also want asparagus, Jack. You want asparagus. Why? Because asparagus is very special, Jack. Because when you eat asparagus, it makes your urine smell. Yes, it does. But only 40% of people can actually smell it. Is that true? It is true. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. And then you play a fun game called Who's the 60%? (laughs) Okay. How do you play the game? Uh, Because everyone loves a good party game. Uh, Everyone loves a big PG at a GP. Well, you get yourself a Dixie cup. You put a little asparagus urine in it and you pass it around. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, thanks, Brian. Thanks for sharing that. Party game with us. I'm one of the 40% Jack. (laughs) Is that true? It is. Okay. Man. I I didn't think there was anything that I didn't know about you, but uh, once again, you've proved me wrong. One of the 40%. (sighs) Wow. I'm a 40%er. You are. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Uh, You know, last thing, the big pressure at this time of year is from the graduates themselves, especially those who have to make a graduation speech. Right. Yep. There's a lot of pressure. It's probably their first time giving a speech and speaking to, you know, not only their entire class, but their parents and all of their friends' parents, their boyfriend and girlfriend's parents, all of this stuff. It's got a, it's a lot of pressure. What are some tips to writing a good graduation speech? What do you want to have in there? How do you write it? Get, you know, get, break it down for us. Well, I didn't write my graduation speeches. Oh, okay. I let other people write them. How so? Well, uh, there are lots of people out there every day writing and writing and writing. Mm-hmm. So there was no reason in my mind that I was going to sit there and waste time writing something when someone else has done it for me. And that's okay. why I walked right up to the microphone and I looked at everybody, you know, kind of made eye contact. And then I just said, base, how low can you go? Death row. What a brother know. Once again, Beck is the incredible Rhyme Animal, The Incredible D, Public Enemy Number One, Five O Says Freeze, and I got numb. And I continued. And then I left. Wow. How, how, how was that speech received? Well, I was sued by Public Enemy. I mean, to crack down on a kid's graduation speech, I mean, you're not lifting it and putting it on TV or the radio. Chuck D is a very angry man, Jack. Okay. Um, Came after me with the full force of uh, Louis Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam. Oh, man. Really bitter. Really mean. Okay. Well, I'm, you know, despite that, I remain a fan of theirs. What, uh, and any other final um, graduation speech thoughts? Any other like little things that you would definitely include in a graduation speech if, if for a kid who's graduating? You want a memorable graduation speech. Sure, A lot of, of people get up there, they make very boring speeches. Yep, standard and fare. Standard fare. It's kind of like the Oscars. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you don't want right. to do that, Jack. You want to have an interesting speech. Yeah. So when I got up there, I pretended I was being attacked by bees. <laughs> really? Yes. This is this was the second speech you gave. My second speech, my second graduation, I got up there, I began 
Hi, everybody. I'm, I'm so glad to be here. It's great to be graduating again. Ah, ah. And then I started screaming and then running around the stage and swatting in the air. And people started freaking out. They didn't know what was going on. Right. And I just kept screaming, bees, bees, bees. Oh, my God. Did, did people get up? Did it create a, a panic? It, it created a hell of a panic because I started saying Africanized uh, murder bees. And they're, 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 they, they were terrified. They, there was a stampede. Right. And they, they flooded out of the auditorium. 12 people died. <laughs> but, but, but no one will ever forget that speech. They can't forget the speech because there is a monument uh, to the 12 people who died uh, and a picture of me. <laughs> and there's a, picture well, of, there's a picture of all the people who died. It was David Stevens, David uh -huh. Michaels, David Bergeron. <laughs> David Windsor, <laughs> uh -huh. David Daniels, <laughs> and uh, Brandy. <laughs> okay, so seven of the 12, you remember. <laughs> you know, they were the ones who really struck me the most. Right. <laughs> because the school lost most of their Davids that day. That was the, oh, I remember reading that the day the Davids died in that, the papers. That's what they called it. Yep. Man. And so there's a monument, but you're, you're part of the monument at the school? Yeah, because the, the picture of me swatting at bees was just really, <laughs> it was a really good shot. The school photographer did a great job. I mean, it's Pulitzer kind of material. Yeah, that's great. If they do Pulitzers for pictures. I'm sure they do. They should. Especially at the high school level. Yeah. Well, Brian. You know, you've given us a lot to think about. And, and so thank you for, um, you know, th thank you for, for, for all this great information. Thank you for having me on your podcast. No, <laughs> damn it. It is your podcast too. I'll be here. I know that's the point. Okay. Next segment, do the music thing. Hey, Brian. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, so I'm just going to pretend that was a normal sound that a human man would make and say, I think it's pretty well established at this point that you are one heck of an expert on movies. Yeah, I got it. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. I'm a, a movie expert. You really? Wow. Wow. If, if there was a field I mean, called movieology, guess who would be leading it, Jack? Who? Me. Oh, sorry. I, I'd be I chi out there. chief movieologist. Yeah, exactly. Because you're such a such an expert. Not not only do you write movies, which yep. we've covered, we've gone over a bunch of your screenplays. Yep. Right, your um love of the Muppets is well known at this point. But uh, you know, you're, so you're a prolific writer, but you also, you know, you've got your you know your good buddy Brad, who's a director uh, who makes real movies and stuff. But you also, you know, very plugged into Hollywood, and you know a lot of Hollywood insider stuff that not a lot of people know. Specifically, you know uh, movie history, uh -huh. and you know that there were a lot of different endings to films that were. Um, shot and or written and or considered or tested by in front of audiences and they wound up changing it. I was wondering if we could go over some of the alternate endings of some famous movies and and you could tell us how they originally ended and, and why they changed. Absolutely. Great, great. Thanks so much for doing this. So, um, I, you know, let's let's go. Let's go with a classic. Let's go, um, you know, easy at first. Rocky. Yes. First of all. I think that movie if possible, is underrated. I think it's a great, great movie. You know, it's amazing how much that film is not about boxing. I, I think it is a masterpiece. Um, I really do love that movie. But there was a different ending to that movie 
that maybe would change the way I feel about it? Yeah, I, probably. I mean, it sounds like you love it so much that I should watch it. Yes. Um, uh, there is a different ending to that movie. Mm -hmm. Um, and it is one that audiences uh, did not like. Yeah. It did not test well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Tell us what happened. Well, he, so he's Rocky Balboa mm -hmm. is, and he's, he's at a Philadelphia pizzeria. Okay. Yeah. Cause he's from Philly. Boy, yeah. you know a lot about this. Get, Go ahead. Just getting a slice of pizza. Cause he's tired mm -hmm. of eating egg shakes. He's always eating egg shakes. Yeah. A lot of protein, but it's just boring. He wants a little fat and salt. So he's getting his pepperoni pizza and he okay. stumbles out of the pizzeria and, and he's just not paying attention. He's about to eat. And then he trips on a little uh, Chinese man. Okay. And, and he's, and he see, he apologizes profusely and the Chinese man uh, takes him under his wing and teaches him uh, the way of nonviolence. Oh, he's a, he's a monk. And so Rocky okay. learns to be nonviolent. So then wow. when the big match comes up at the against end, Apollo mm -hmm. against Apollo Creed. Yeah. Uh, he gets into the ring, but then he sits down uh, Indian leg style mm -hmm. and, and starts uh, going hum, just meditating. Mm -hmm. And Apollo Creed doesn't know what to think. Sure. And he does that. And that for 14 minutes. <laughs> and then he opens his eyes. He says, my mind is clear now. And he gets out of the ring. Wow. Audiences hated that ending. <laughs> yeah, it's dreadful. Yeah. That's a terrible end to a boxing movie. Yeah. It was, you know, the nonviolent thing works in a lot of cases, but just not at the end of Rocky. Oh yeah. That sounds really bad. Yep. And that's why you didn't see it. Next movie, yep. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh boy. Classic. Yep. Oh my goodness. My second favorite movie of all time. What, um, tell us how the ending of Raiders was different. What happens is. <laughs> mm -hmm. So Indiana Jones, he tells Miriam or whatever the hell her name is to close her Marian. eyes. Marion. Marion. That's right. You're right. Good job. You did a good job. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, so he tells Miriam to close her eyes and they shut their eye. Marion. Marion. Like yep. Marion Barry. Uh, sure. So they, sh they <laughs> shut their eyes. They don't want to see what's about to happen because what, what is about to happen is so terrible. Mm -hmm. So they close their eyes and then the ghosts are flying around and then they assume human form. Oh. Yes. And they turn into the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> Wow. So the they curly Neil, the whole gang is there. I mean, yeah. this is 1980. So the, the, it was still a very popular thing to have Harlem Globetrotters guest appearances on your shows. Yes. And so they appear and you know, the Nazis are looking around. They're very excited because they love the Harlem Globetrotters. They might be, <laughs> an, they're anti-Semitic and racist, but they do appreciate people who are good at basketball and tricks. Yeah. Trick shots. Yeah. Trick so shots. Trick fans. shots. So then you see the Harlem Globetrotters and they're running all around the Nazis and spinning the basketball and doing crazy, crazy tricks. Yeah. And then the basketball uh, turns into like an iron a spike ball. Uh -huh. and, then, and then they start bouncing it off the Nazis' heads and their heads are exploding. 
Yeah. Blood, and then there's just bloodshed and chaos. And the Nazis like, wait, I was, but we were having such a good time watching this basket. The black people play the basketball. <laughs> and then they're being killed by the Harlem Globetrotters. Uh-huh. And I mean, and, and you see a mixture of, of fear and also enjoyment because they, they're really talented. Yeah, and, they and, are. They're great. And the Nazis are just like, they don't know what to make out of this. <laughs> And, and of course, at the end, you know, they're all, everybody's dead except the Harlem Globetrotters, but they all, uh, they all get sucked up into the sky and then go into the ark. Wow. Hot damn. Yeah. That is exciting. It was pretty cool. I got you to know, see the original ending. Oh God. I'm so jealous. Why the hell did they change it? That's so good. It's so much better than the way they have it now. Uh, you know, uh, Spielberg had a feeling that it, it just didn't seem right. It didn't, it, he said it was weird. And, it's like, and we're like, is it any weirder than people melting and blowing up? Thank you. But, uh, you know, he's the boss. You know, he's the director. It's his movie. Yeah, it's the director's medium. Uh, and did they did they change the very final shot of the movie with the arc going into the, the enormous warehouse, sort of the endless warehouse full of um, uh, uh, boarded up uh, items that the military has? Did, did they change that uh, last shot? Yes. Yeah, the, that's a famous end shot. Oh, they pack maybe, it up. Maybe the most. And then they, yeah. they wheel it into this room just filled with potential arcs of the covenant. What else does the government have? What else do they know? What else do they keep it from us? Exactly. And the other ending, uh, it's actually, they, it cuts to the Harlem Globetrotters arena. <laughs> they have their own arena. They have now. their own arena. And they're playing basketball, except they're not basketballs. They're Nazi heads. Oh, and they're spinning the Nazi heads on their fingers. Wow. And you see the look of shock on the Nazi's head. Right. And, and, like, and oh. I imagine of the kids who are called up from the audience to be like, here, spin the Nazi head on your finger. Well, yeah, that wasn't really well thought out. Yeah, I would imagine not. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why that ending was cut. I guess, man. Keep the good basketball scene and just, well, I'm not going to tell Stephen how to do his job. Well, thanks for that, Brian. That is really interesting. Yeah, it's a little bit of cinema history. It really is. Now, I want to ask you about this because I just saw it with this movie with my kids this weekend. Oh, yeah. Ferris, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, my God. What a great movie. Oh, my God. It, it really is great. Um, maybe a, a little bit too much language for a 10-year-old and an 8-year-old, uh, yeah. as we learned, but whatever uh we watched the movie but apparently a very different ending for ferris can you tell us about what happened didn't your young daughter call me some horrible name once so i think she's already got the language down yeah no she dropped an f-bomb on this podcast that's right as a as it just turned up i would i want to say precocious but i think she's just uh kind of a jerk yeah 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 she i remember that she dropped an f-bomb yeah that's great that's something for fans to go back new fans to go back and listen yeah and it was it was really well done um yeah ferris bueller's day off great film just a classic Mm -hmm. with matthew broderick yep um and so in the original matthew broderick uh he takes his friend's car out for a spin yeah and cameron's car yeah cameron's car and like that you know his dad's sports car that he he takes out for a spin and accidentally kills two people on an english road (laughs) Wow. So, okay. So it's really more about Matthew Broderick yeah. than about Ferris Bueller. It's true. And it, and it hit a little too close to home. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. Mr. Broderick begged them to, to change that scene. You know, he did well, not. It does, well, I mean, I, 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 look, I, I get that he killed two people like Caitlyn Jenner with his car. 
uh, which is real. Google it. Um, but but I have to agree with Matthew that it doesn't necessarily match the tone of of the movie throughout where, you know, you know, you've got the shake it up baby parade dance and it's joyful, you know, exuberant, uh, uh, you know, the end of childhood, the celebration of entering adulthood. And then he just goes and kills two people. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it's a real, it was a real downer is what the, the expression is that they used. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was, it was so fun until, until <laughs> this vehicular manslaughter. Right. It's just so sad. It's sad. And so it really kind of altered the the feel of the film. And so they decided to go back to something a little more whimsical. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll buy that, I guess. Um, okay. Well, thank you for sharing that one. How about, um, uh, you know, let's, let's double down on Spielberg as we, as we like to do sometimes jaws. Yep. Great movie. Um, you know, uh, which sees at the end, uh, Roy Schneider, uh, Richard Dreyfus and Quint, I forget the name of the actor, uh, out on, uh, the boat. Yep. I think it was the SS Minnow. And they're out in the sea chasing the shark and, and a very different ending was shot uh, and shown to audiences. Can you tell us about that ending and, yeah. and why it was not popular? Yep. So the, in the, the original ending, he's uh, Roy Scheider. Scheider, sorry. Yep. Is, is up there on a mast and he, uh, on a boat and he's kind of, uh, and he's got a, his little rifle mm-hmm. and he threw Jaws like a little oxygen tank. Yep. And Jaws has the oxygen tank in his mouth and Roy Scheider. Is, is takes a shot. He says famously, "Smile, you son of a bitch!" Right, and then pulls the trigger and, and hits the oxygen, and it blows up, and it blows up the shark. Yep, and that's the end of the movie. Well, in this one, in the original uh, ending, uh, he says, "Smile, you son of a bitch!" and he pulls the trigger, and the gun fires. The bullet ricochets and hits Roy Scheider, uh, who then falls lifeless out of the ship. <laughs> Uh, into the ocean and is immediately consumed by Jaws. And then <laughs> Jaws makes his way. You, you see him, he meets up with some friends. You just see the shark fin going down the center of the screen. And then these two other shark fins come on either side and join Jaws. And then they kind mm-hmm. of swim off into the sunset. <laughs> so it's a happy ending for sharks. It's a happy ending for sharks and environmentalists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a sad ending for people who like Roy Scheider. <laughs> that is really great. Are you a fan of The Princess Bride? I love The Princess Bride. One of my favorite movies ever. Can you tell us about the alternate ending to this uh, all-time classic? You got Grandpa reading to um to to young uh, um Fred Savage. Yep, Fred Savage. What was the ending that got people so upset? Well, um, so, you know, you're in the fantasy world because the, the grandpa is reading the book. Yep. Grandpa Columbo reading yes, the book. Yes. And, um, and then you, you just see, you know, you see all the characters just suddenly start to kind of stagger. Okay. They clutch their hearts and they're staggering around. And then it, it cuts to Fred Savage and he's looking at his grandfather waiting for the rest of the story. And his right. grandfather's just steering off into space. He's passed. Oh, he went over the rainbow bridge. <laughs> so, so Gra- grandpa just dies and we don't find out what happens to Wesley and, and, and his true love. Yeah. leaves. It's all up in the air. All we know is that uh, the, the grandpa is now passed and that the story will never end. It, it, so we don't even know what happened with the six fingered uh, gentleman. 
Nope. Christopher Guest. Nope. That, yes, that's a garbage ending. It, it was a it was a hated ending. Um, but you know, this uh, what happened was it was a kind of it was supposed to it was meant to be a segue. So, <laughs> so the kid the kid's crying because his grandfather's passed away right there in his bedroom and he's terrified and it's scary. And then the you know, the parents come running in, and what happened? And they're like, you know, grandpa's dead, and that I'll never know the end of the story. And then the father looks at the camera and says, "You mean it's a never ending story?" And then you hear the music. And then it cuts to never ending story. And the movie is now four hours long. No way. Yep. And so, so eventually they changed the ending and broke the movie into two separate movies. Made two separate movies. Wow. Yeah. Changed movie history. It really did. Well, that's amazing. That's just straight up amazing. So many stories, so many stories. Jack. Yes, Brian. We have potential sponsors. Okay. Th- that's awesome. Wait, people who are willing to pay to sponsor this podcast? Yes. They have given us scripts for you to read. They don't like my professional sounding voice. They like your kind of everyman voice. Mm-hmm. They would like you to read these promos. Uh, and, and, and if you can be serious and professional, we can get some money. Awesome. Well, I love money. Well, in that case, read this and okay. make us some dollars, Jack. Okay. Just give me a minute to read it on my own and then I will read you it aloud. You cannot read it on your own. They want you to read it cold. That's how we do it in advertising. I wasn't advertising for years. This is how you do it. You read it cold. You get it out into the world. Okay. Professionally. Okay. I just got it. I have just opened it. I have never read this before in my life. So all I have to do is read this professionally one time through and we're going to get the sponsor. Yes. Take it away. Okay. Questionable material with Jack and Brian is brought to you by that 40 something guy who rides around town on a bicycle. That's three sizes too small for him for over 40 years. Steve Lally has been making bad life choices and that's abundantly clear when you see him riding around town on a bike meant for 13 year olds. No matter how things are going for you, you can always count on Steve Lally to make you feel better, knowing that you're not a 40-something guy riding around town on an undersized bike, being mocked by being mocked by passersby of all ages. That's the Steve Lally promise. Steve is available for all your odd jobs, or you can hire him to come talk to your kids about paying more attention in school. Because while the high school ladies may love a rebellious teenager with a devil-may-care attitude towards academics, they definitely want nothing to do with a 40-something dude on a Schwinn. That you can be assured of. Steve Lally, with one location in town, somewhere on a bike. <laughs> Damn, so close. I, I had it until the last sentence. The very last sentence. Damn. Come on, cut that part, cut that sentence out. Yeah, Send we gotta to be him. we gotta be honest brokers. If if people No, 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 no. We end on dude on a Schwinn, and then we we just make it seem like there was an uh, editing accident. If no, because I actually have the people uh listening uh, to this feed oh. so they would know. In fact, the, the fact that you're trying to get away with it is really depressing. You oh, know, you got to be an honest broker. You want a good reputation. Okay. Why is Steve Lally paying money to, okay. He makes a lot, he yeah, makes really bad life choices. I just sent you a, another script. We have another chance. Okay. You could do this. I feel like I'm the Steve Lally of this show. You could be if you play your cards wrong. <laughs> Which I usually do. Okay, well, I'm not going to screw this one up. Uh, Here it goes. Uh, First time ever reading this. Ready? Take it away. Okay. 
Questionable Material with Jack and Brian is brought to you by Tim's Carpentry, a full-service carpenter for all your needs. Need a box? Talk to Tim. Tim can make wood boxes of all sizes using any type of wood you want. Gates, sheds, fences, doghouses, garden beds, beds, ramps, tree houses. Tim can do it all as long as it's made of wood. Closet shelving, desks, <laughs> cat coffins, playhouses. Tim does it all. Ask Tim Ask Tim about his Tim the Carpenter special. If you ask Tim to build something and it's made of wood, he'll build it. Toy chests, DVD cubbies, hot lady keepers, gar- <laughs> garages, additions, guest houses, you name it. If it's made of wood, Tim can do it. Don't ask Tim to do brick stuff, you sick bastard. <laughs> Tim's carpentry could have had Tim's carpentry but no Tim can build a lot of things he's a carpenter you should call Tim for once your cat's brain tumor finally wins that battle I will okay good sad to think about I know sad to think about we're not making money Jack okay I look just sent you a third third script come on you can do this I don't I doubt that you can do it. If history has taught us anything. I have confidence. Okay. All right, here we go. Mm-mm. Ready? Yeah. I've never read this before. Here we go. Questionable material with Jack and Brian is brought to you by Gwyneth Paltrow's Vegan Barbecue, a celebrity-driven restaurant concept taking over all the empty Kenny Rogers Roasters restaurants. With Gwyneth Paltrow's vegan barbecue, no longer do vegans have to feel like they're missing out on the great taste of barbecue. Try Gwyneth's signature eggplant ribs, delicious organic eggplant, slow roasted over hickory for 12 whole hours before being slathered with trace amounts of caloric barbecue sauce. Gwyneth guarantees you'll love the spongy, rubbery texture or you'll get a free energy crystal. And whether it's the eggplant ribs, apple wings, or pulled pork style mushroom sandwich, why not wash it all down with a pint of apple cider vinegar? Mm. Gwyneth Paltrow's vegan barbecue features 12 different craft apple cider vinegars on tap. Join the apple cider vinegar club. And after your 100th pint of apple cider vinegar, Gwyneth will call you personally to offer you a holistic hairbrush for only $400. Gwyneth Paltrow's vegan barbecue opens soon wherever the old Kenny Rogers Roasters restaurants used to be. <sighs> There's always next you, week. You want to say you, you want to say something? I just want to say no. It's it's unfortunate. We have these chances. It's it's okay. There are a lot of sponsors in the world. I don't. I'm not a big Gwyneth Paltrow fan anyway. She's a little weird. Uh, but it's fine. We we in the future will be good. Well, I'm sorry to blow up, Brian. I'm sorry that I'm the screw up of this uh, team. It's okay, Jack. At least you've had an opportunity to to win us a sponsor. You fell on your face. Not once, but three times. It's okay because you never know uh, at some point in the future, we will land one of these people. Well, thanks, Brian. This has been another episode of Questionable Material. Yes, Jack, it has been. You want people to listen and leave reviews and all that nonsense? Listen and leave reviews and all that nonsense. Couldn't have said it better myself. That was Questionable Material with Jack and Brian. Follow the podcast to get every episode. Our website is qmpodcast.com. Our email is contact at qmpodcast.com. 